0: Today's scripture reading comes from Mark 4:21 through 23. He said to them, Do you bring in a lamp to put it under a bowl or a bed? Instead, don't you put it on its stand? For whatever is hidden is meant to be disclosed, and whatever is concealed is meant to be brought out into the open. If anyone has ears to hear, let them hear. This is the word of God for the people of God. You know, I forgot to mention earlier that, uh, I see a few go for bow shirts. If you wore your go for bow shirt, you can go into the gathering room at the end of the service and they have candy for you. Isn't that awesome? And if you wore all five shirts, God bless you. You know, I don't know. That's, uh, good for you for wearing many layers. Um, but will you pray with me and for me, uh, this morning? A holy God. We thank you, Lord, for your word that is a lamp unto our feet that lights our path. We thank you for the word made flesh in Jesus Christ, who is the true light of this world. And we pray, Lord, that this morning as we reflect on his light in our lives, that your spirit would lead us. And I pray that the words you've given me, they would be from you and not from me. And so we lift all this to you in the name of Jesus Christ, our Savior, and all God's people said, amen. So in 1954... There was this guy named Jim Lovell, and uh, he goes on later to, to be one of the astronauts who were up in uh, Apollo 13, and he uh, was a, a Navy pilot. And so he was taken off. He was on an aircraft carrier. He was out uh, off the coast, I think, of Japan. They were out in the middle of the sea somewhere. And um, he took off on a night training mission, and uh, this is 1954, so I, I think technology has improved a little bit, but somewhere along the way, his directional um, navigation system went out. And so, and it's a, it's a nighttime mission. Obviously out in the middle of the ocean, there's not a lot of light. And it was, he said it, he got turned around. And then to make matters worse, you know, the instrument panels, uh, and short circuited in his plane. And so he, the way he describes it, he said, all that dark that was out there all of a sudden invited itself into my plane. So he said, here I am lost. I have no clue where I am. And it's just nothing but dark. He said, but in that moment, He went back to his training and he remembered that if if the worst case scenario happens, the best thing you can do when apparently when ships uh, are traveling, especially big aircraft carriers are uh, cruising along in the wake, they kind of stir things up at the bottom of the ocean. And there's this little algae that uh, when they're stirred up, they release this phosphorus bluish greenish glow. And so he looked out in the middle of the darkness and he saw this faint blue green glow and he knew that's the way home. And so he used that little bit of light to make it all the way back. And and he made it back that night. You know, I tell that story because isn't it amazing how just a little bit of light in a sea of darkness can rescue us? So as we continue our study of Jesus, I want to welcome you back. And we're uh, looking at the questions he asked. And can I tell you, I really have enjoyed I've enjoyed them all the parables the miracles. I enjoy the questions because when jesus is asking questions He's asking them because he wants us as we're answering those questions to reflect in our lives What that truth means so when I hear jesus ask a question He's telling me. Hey, mark montgomery I want you to take what i'm telling you and I want you to make it personal I want you to reflect how this truth means in your life. So I really enjoy this series so if you have your Bibles, I want to invite you to turn to Mark chapter 4, verse 21 through 23. And um, if you have a pen with you, if this is your Bible, hey, and if it's a pubic Bible, maybe they need these too. But uh, I, you can take notes in your Bible. And I, I'm because it's a short verse, uh, we're going in a couple different places throughout Scripture today. And so I want to invite you, uh, I'll let you know when, but you can write some of those Scripture verses in there and reference them later and and kind of connect that to this verse if that's helpful for you as you study Scripture throughout the week. And so I'd love for you to follow along. And we're going to focus this morning on the question that Jesus asked, which is, do you bring in a lamp to put it under a bowl or a bed? Do you bring in a lamp to put it under a bowl or do you put it on a a stand? And so I want to give you some context in Mark chapter 4 because uh, here's the thing. As Jesus is asking this very simple question, in Mark chapter 4, it's like, parable after parable after parable after parable jesus is talking to a large crowd and he's got his disciples with him and he's talking in parables about the kingdom of god that's what all of these parables relate to and they're just it's almost the entire chapter and so um he's talking about the kingdom of god he talks about it as a farmer sowing seeds he talks about this is actually the short question uh, is a parable he's he's talking about the light of the world uh revealing the kingdom of god he's talks about a mustard seed. I mean, there are all these parables. And, and here's what's interesting for us as the church, because I'm always wondering, okay, if, if Jesus is doing anything and connecting anything to the disciples, then that means it relates to us as the church. And so here's what happens just before the scripture. He's telling the parable of the farmer sowing seeds and how, some, you know, how a lot of the seeds that are sown, only some of them will raise up on good soil and, and be harvested. And so what he's uh, saying, he pulls the disciples aside. He's telling this to all the big crowds. He pulls the disciples aside and he says, hey, guys, here's the secret of what the parable means. And And here's what I realized. Here's the thing that Jesus does. He goes out and he tells all these parables. But then he'll go back and take the disciples in secret and say, hey, I want you to know the secret. Because I'm going to tell everybody all these things. But you are the way that people will understand what all of this means. So hear me say this, as the church, that has a big implication for us. The way that the world understands Jesus is through us. We're we're to be a part of that because the Spirit's at work in our lives. So he is preparing the uh, the disciples for that moment. So realize that in this context. We're going to refer back to that later. The other thing I want you to understand um, and kind of connect to and relate to is that light is a big deal in Scripture. This Scripture is all about light. And so what's interesting about this text is, is the word light is actually never used it's just uh they talk about a lamp but the lamp uh obviously is refla- it brings out the the new the true light which is Jesus Christ and so we're going to uh, focus on that but the word light is referenced 232 times throughout scripture light has a big significance in fact uh when you read John's gospel in the beginning uh John is talking about Jesus and he says Jesus is the one true light when Jesus is talking about light, you know, we're, we're a reflection of his light. And so he's talking to the crowds at the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew chapter 5 and, uh, and the disciples. And he says, uh, you are the light of the world. City on a hill cannot be hidden. You see, light is important and it has a lot to do with revealing and understanding the kingdom of God. So those are two really important things to kind of understand as we uh, dive into the scripture. And let me say this about the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God uh is spiritual it's powerful it's truth it's spiritual it's powerful it's truth the kingdom of god is our future home and it's been revealed and initiated through jesus christ who's the one true light and so uh the light is our way in an ocean of darkness so follow along today because i really think this is important for us to understand as we go out and be a reflection of the light in the world so We'll start with verse twenty one. Jesus he said to them, Do you bring in a lamp to put it under a bowl or a bed? Instead, don't you put it on its stand. Now, I know all of you are prepared, and uh in your houses you have set aside lamps or lights rather, flashlights, and they have batteries, or you know where the candles are? Uh because have you ever been through a power outage? So I I I know I'm a boy scout, the motto is be prepared. There was a time in my life when there was a moment when I wasn't prepared and we were in Corpus Christi and all of a sudden it freezed so bad that the transformer blew out and we were out without power. And uh, all of a sudden I I didn't know where the flashlights were. And when I found the flashlights, I couldn't find the batteries. And so we had to go find a candle. And I remember that we were walking around everywhere with that candle. Have you ever been in a power outage and you have that one little light and that's the thing you hold on to? Would you walk around in a dark room and cover that light up? No, I mean, you, you would go everywhere with that light. And so what Jesus is saying in this scripture, Jesus is the light of the world in darkness. And so another way to think about it, think about it like this. Imagine if the have you ever seen those beautiful pictures uh, from space and they're looking at uh, the world at night and it's all lit up because everything has electricity. It seems like these days and, and just everywhere has lights. Have you ever seen those pictures? And could you imagine if in an instant the lights went out and there was a giant power outage? And let's say just for a second in this, in this world that the church, people who follow Christ, were the only ones who had those lights. Do you think we'd be hiding those things or do you think we'd be out there, we'd be helping folks, we'd be making sure that everybody else has the light? And so I, I want to be very clear today, in our world right now, there is a giant spiritual, uh, power outage. We live in a world where there's a giant spiritual power outage and the church has the light of Christ. And so the questions that we have to ask ourselves is, are we reflecting? Are we sharing that light with the world? Are we, uh, Jesus is the one true light that saves us, uh, from life in darkness, from a permanent death. And so we have that light and the world is in need of it. So, as we continue in um, Matthew, or sorry, Mark chapter 4, verse 22, Jesus goes on. He says, Whatever's hidden is meant to be disclosed, and whatever's concealed is meant to be brought out into the open. So, this is why I like to read different translations. Uh, The message translation, I feel like, interprets this a little bit better for us to understand. Here's what it says We're not keeping secrets, we're telling them. And I want you to read this part with me. We're not hiding things. We're bringing them out into the open. Man, we're not keeping secrets. You see, we've got uh, the secret of the kingdom of heaven. We know what that's all about. Uh, In fact, and and we're, you know, we're not hiding it. We're telling people about it. When we read this scripture, you know, when I first uh, started preparing for this sermon, I thought, man, this is everybody's going to know about this. We know all about that Jesus is the light of the world. All right, Pastor Mark Dunn, we can all go home. Sermon's early today. Do you know the truth is, it's because we know what the disciples knew. They were given that secret, and now we have it because we have scripture, and we know, uh, we get it, Jesus. You're the light of the world. It's why we teach our children songs like This Little Light of Mine. You've taught your children that, right? I mean, this little, we've taught our 18-month-old, he knows to get out his lights, right? Hey, Liam, can you sing This Little Light of Mine? And he likes to, he dances like this. It's really cute. And uh, he doesn't know the words, but we'll sing, This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. And I'm sorry I'm, I'm hurting your ears this morning. But he knows this, this one word. I mean, he knows a, lo- a couple words, but he knows this one word. We get to this part. Hide it under a bushel. No! Man, I was hoping you guys would say that with me. <laughs> Embarrassing myself up here. Do you know, we teach these songs. We know this truth. It's an old truth. And so we have become so desensitized to the importance of this truth that it's no big deal to us anymore. But here's the deal, it's a big deal. And that's what we need to remember this morning. The reason we look at that passage is because we know the secret. We know Jesus is the light of the world and that we live in darkness. And unless we live for Him, we're not living for the right thing. We know that. We knew that uh, 2,000 years ago that Jesus changed everything. He's the true light and everything else is false. So we know it. But here's the question we need to ask ourselves. Here's where it gets from knowing to doing. We need to ask ourselves, how do we live in such a way that we display the light of Christ? Because that's really what what I think we struggle with as people and as a church. How do we live in such a way that we display the light of Christ? And here's a warning that I think is hidden in this passage. We need to be careful not to put ourselves on display. You see, I think uh, for me, uh, as Mark Montgomery, I... Have a tendency to put myself on display and hide the light of christ and say it's all about me I can be in those places. Maybe you've experienced that too And so we need to remember that we're displaying christ's light christ's love Let me say that again slower. We need to remember That we are displaying christ's light And christ's love We have to be careful not to put ourselves on display. We have to get off the stand And put the light of christ Where it belongs Paul tells us in Romans chapter 13, verse 12. So if you if you're following along in your Bible, you don't have to turn with me there. But if you have a pen and you want to, or you're taking notes, you can write down Romans chapter 13, verse 12. Paul gives us a little bit more insight of what this looks like, of how we can do this. He lays it out for us. He says, so let us put aside the deeds of darkness and put on the armor of light. So what does it look like to put aside the deeds of darkness? This is where, again, I go back to the message translation, and I think they explain it well. This is, this is how verse 12 reads in the message. We can't afford to waste a minute. Must not squander these precious daylight hours in frivolity and indulgence, and in sleeping around and dissipation, <clears throat> dissipation, and bickering and grabbing everything in sight. Get out of bed and get dressed. Don't loiter and linger waiting until the very last minute. In other words, we don't have time to waste now's the time. There's an urgency we need to put on the armor of light now. And so we ask ourselves, what does it mean to put on the armor of light? Do You know what the disciples did When jesus was uh, about to go ascend into heaven and leave them and uh, send them off on their mission Jesus says hey, I want you to go in jerusalem and I want you to wait for the holy spirit And do you know, Jesus left and he ascended into heaven and they went. And do you know what scripture says in Acts chapter 1, verse 14? It says they join together in prayer constantly. Scripture does not say that they prayed together whenever they felt like it. It doesn't say that, you know, they prayed when they got up in the morning. Scripture doesn't say that, hey, they were praying on their way to things. Scripture doesn't say that they prayed before every meal. Scripture says that the disciples joined together in prayer constantly. And you know why? Because they loved Jesus that much that they didn't want to mess it up. They wanted to make sure that they were doing everything they could to stay focused on him and to prepare for the arrival of the Holy Spirit. And you know what happened when the Holy Spirit came? Do you think they stopped praying? Man, I bet they prayed even more. In fact, you you read uh, about the early church in the book of Acts, and if you haven't done that, I encourage you to do so. One of the things they say is they... Uh, broke bread together. They gathered together uh, every day. And they uh, read scripture together. They they prayed together. Because they understood that it was so important to keep sight of the light of Christ. Because they didn't want to hide that secret and put it under a bowl. They wanted to make sure that in every part of their life, they were putting the light of Christ on display. And so this is, I think for us as the church, we can lose sight of that. We We can... Invite Christ into our hearts so we can have that mountaintop experience of God at work in our lives, and then things start going well and we stop praying, we stop reading Scripture. And so this is why Paul says in First Thessalonians uh, chapter five, verse 17. And I want you to memorize this verse. Paul says, "Pray continually. Seriously, that's your memory verse for the week. I'm going to quiz you on it uh, next week. First Thessalonians 5:17, memorize that verse. Pray continually. It's not a one-and-done thing. It's not an everyday thing. It's not a, I'm going to pray in this part of my life, but not in these It's, I'm going to pray every day, all the time, in all areas of my life, because I want to put the light of Christ in display. If we want to live in such a way that we display the light of Christ, in other words, if we want to trust Jesus Christ in all the areas of our life, with all of our life, we put on the armor of light. We must trust. Put Christ on display, and so I want to just give you a couple suggestions of what that looks like practically. Uh, and if you have other suggestions, you know, let me know about. It. But uh, but come up with them. We need to start living differently. We need to pray before every single decision. And I imagine this. Imagine if you're like, hey, you know, I don't know if I should go to Walmart or Target. Pray about it. Because seriously, I've had this experience where I've, I've tried it out and I I prayed and I went to. I'm not going to say which one I went to because I'm not advertising. But I had an experience where God had led me to that place. And I paid attention. I was aware of what was happening in those moments. Seriously, pray before every decision and you will begin to display the light of Christ. Here's another opportunity. Seek God's wisdom in Scripture. I mean, this is why we offer things like FPU or we have small groups and things like... I mean, we need to be able to study Scripture And to be able to ask what God would say about every decision we make. Because here's the thing. Decisions. Decisions. Reflect. Whether we have the light. Or not. The decisions we make. I think. Have a big part of that. Another thing we need to do. We need to have people. Surrounding us. Praying for us. Lifting us up. we. we We're designed as a people. Disciples didn't pray on their own. They prayed together. Constantly. These are just a couple of suggestions that I have. And when we just do a couple of those things, when we start to uh, point to the light of Christ in all areas of our life, that's when we start to experience the fullness of God's kingdom, his power, his truth, uh, his His holiness in our lives. And and that reminds me, I skipped over this earlier, but let me be clear. Uh, no, I didn't skip over it. I, I said it. I just, I was on a roll. When we put this parable next to what Jesus says in the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew chapter 5, verses 14 through 16. So again, if you want to write in the margins of your Bible uh, around that scripture, you can write Matthew chapter 5, verses 14 through 16. This is where Jesus says, hey, yeah, I'm, I'm the lamp, I'm the light, but you reflect that light. And here's how he says it. He's talking to the crowds and the disciples. He says, you are the light of the world. a city on a hill cannot be hid. Neither do a people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it uh, gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. You see, we can go out and we can do these deeds boldly. We can live our lives in, in every part of our life in such a way uh, it, that it's in the name of Christ because we've put on the armor of God the armor of light rather, because we are wearing the armor of light in our lives. And, and so, you know, I've, I've talked about this a little bit. I think the best way that I can do, uh, share what this means is to just tell you a story about how I've experienced this in my life. And so I've got actually a very dear friend of mine. We've been friends for years. I will call him John. His name's John. And John and I have been friends for years and I remember early on we connected because we were Christians in a place where there weren't a lot of Christians, where we were uh, working together. And one of the things that uh, I knew about John is that he was the son of a pastor. He loved Jesus a whole lot, and man, he thought that God was calling him one day to be a missionary overseas. And he didn't know what that looked like or how that was going to be, but he just knew, man, this is this is what God's called me to. And then, um, you know, as, as guys do, eventually we, we stay connected, and uh, he tells me later at one point in our relationship, he's like, hey, Mark, you know, I also feel like God is calling me uh, to marry uh, this girl in my church. I was like, all right, man, I wish God would tell me who I'm supposed to marry. I mean, it's long. You know, I wish God would speak to me like that. But he knew it. He knew these two things. They uh, they were like uh, truth for him. And uh, so he did everything he could. He volunteered in children's ministry. Man, he did everything he could when he was at church to reflect the light of Christ in his world. And so I get this phone call and he calls me. I'm I'm home from college and uh, he says, hey, Mark, I really want you to come over and I I really need you to come by. I want you to pray with me. And I said, yeah, sure, John, uh, I'll come by and pray. And so I walk in and and he's at a friend's house and he's sitting on this balcony. And man, you can just see the light coming up from the the city. Uh, We're kind of in the hills a little bit. Uh, There are hills in Texas, just so you know. And so and I walk in and he is just looks like he's had the life just torn out of him. He just looks so depressed. I said, John, what's going on? He said, Mark, I, I messed up and I need you to pray for me. turns out that uh, this girl that he felt like God was calling him to marry, um, you know, they'd been dating. Things were going well at the church. Everything was, was going along well. And then all of a sudden, other areas of his life where he wasn't reflecting the light of Christ were made aware to the leaders and the pastors of his church. And they said, "Hey, listen. We love you. We think you're a great guy, but you can't be in leadership. You need to you need to be out of ministry because if if this is how you're being in other parts of your life, that's not reflective of Christ." And, and he was like, "Man, I agree with them, but it just really stinks. I, I really messed up." And he said, "And guess what? You know, this girl that I'm dating, she she broke up with me. And I just really need you to pray with me because I feel a little bit lost right now." And so I remember we uh, were praying that night and. We are talking through some things, and, and and here's what we can do in those moments. When we have moments when we've kind of hit uh, rock bottom, and we feel like the rug's been pulled out from over, uh, under us, we can do one of two things. We can either embrace the darkness and go further in, or we can acknowledge where we are and say, Lord, I need you to help me, and I need your light in my life. For that moment in his life, whoever he was before was great, but who who he become became as a result of trusting God in that moment was a turning point for him. And so we prayed two things that night. We prayed that he would give his heart fully to God in all areas of, of his life. I'm still praying that for myself. He still prays that for himself. The other thing that we prayed is that God would restore him to ministry. And so we prayed over those two things. A couple of years later, I'll I'll tell you what happened. Uh, a couple of years later, uh, well, I'm sorry. So then he we left that time, and you know I was praying for him from a distance. We didn't really see each other a whole bunch, but. He went out and he began to pray every day in all the ways that he could. In fact, in his faith tradition, they have morning prayer. And so he'd go to morning prayer every morning before work. He'd never miss morning prayer. And he'd go and pray every day. He began to look at Scripture and ask himself, okay, in the decisions that I'm making today, are they biblical decisions? Or are they just decisions that I want to do because I feel like doing it? And so he began to let his life be informed by Scripture. And then he began to make sure that the friends that he had in all areas of his life we're praying for him and supportive of him in his walk with God. And you know what I'm amazed by? I don't know that I would have stayed at that church had I been embarrassed in that way, but he stayed. And he continued to serve his church in all the ways that he could, and he was committed to that place. And so he stepped into the light. And so here's what happened a few years later he married uh, that girl that he felt like God was calling him to marry. And the other thing that happened is he was restored to ministry at his church. And, and I'm not saying that because of all the work he did, I'm saying that because he put the light of Christ on display. And, and here's what, here's like how this story just gets amazing for me. Because he's got, uh, the other thing that he was doing is he was praying in his work, and he would, he would pray in all the areas of his life, and he would say, Lord, when I'm at work, will you put me in places of kingdom influence? Will you put me in places where I can impact your kingdom for others? And so because of his honesty and the trustworthiness and, and he was reflecting that light in all the years of his life, he began to get promoted. He got, uh, just job after, I mean, he, he had impacts in amazing ways, was doing extremely well for himself. You know, he ended up marrying this girl. He, they have a beautiful family and then he gets a call from the church and they say, Hey John, I, I know this may be a stretch for you, but, but I don't think it is. We feel like God is calling you to be a missionary overseas. And we want to move you and your family over there. And that's going to cause you to leave your job. Are you okay with that? And he was doing so well for himself. Everything was going well. And he, you know what he said? He said, man, praise God. He called me. He was so excited. He's like, man, the moment has finally come. And you know, for me, I look at a guy like John and um, and he's somebody I look up to because He put the deeds of darkness aside and he put on the armor of light. And you could see it and you could tell it by the way he lives his life and by the way he follows God in this world. And here's what I want to say about putting on the armor of light. You know, when you think about armor, armor strong. And armor allows us to be bold in battle. And so when we put on the armor of light, we can go out into this dark world boldly for God because we've done all the prep work we need to to make sure that we've done that. That we're surrounded. That we're protected. That we're ready to go out. And it's not easy. It's not always fun. But boy is it what we're designed to do as the church. And so we need to be bold in projecting Jesus in the world. So here's what Jesus says. Jesus says in verse 23. If anyone has ears to hear. Let them hear. He's saying pay attention. You know. The secret of the kingdom of God is important. We need to remember that Jesus Christ is the light of the life, is the light of the world. He's the one true light. He's the one true source in our life. And, you know, I don't know where we're coming from today or, or what sort of week we've had or where we are or where we're finding ourselves. And maybe we feel like we're surrounded in darkness, but here's the opportunity. Instead of diving deeper into the darkness, we have the opportunity to put aside The the deeds of darkness and put on the armor of light. And when we do that, when we pray continually, when we search the scriptures, when we do these things, we take ourselves off the stand and we put Christ on display. So, friends, I want to invite us as we leave this place today to ask ourselves this one question. What are we doing with the lamp? Are we hiding it? Or are we putting it on display for the world to see?